0: tonight and uh, beginning in verse 1. Now the Bible said, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, and he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper." And the Sarerians had gone by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. It came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man do a sin to me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. It was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore? Hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wrought and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leopard. Are not Abnon, Phanar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the rivers of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? And so he turned and went away in a rage. And his servant came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? And the Bible said, Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Thank you. Be seated, our Father. We thank you, Lord, this afternoon. Lord, to be able to physically be able to stand, uh, Lord, again, behind the sacred nest of God. Thank you for the book of God. And Lord, it's like the, the barrel that the little widow had. There's always enough in there for one more. And Lord, we ask tonight that you would uh, take this, uh, this passage of Scripture. And uh, it's an Old Testament uh, happening But we pray you'll help us to make a New Testament application uh, tonight, Lord, and that we might gain some understanding tonight from the Word of God. And uh, Lord bless your people tonight. Be with those that uh, may possibly be listening by the way of the internet tonight. And bless them right there where they're sitting. And Lord, we know you can save near and far, uh, Lord. And uh, You can save here and there. And uh, Lord, we just pray that God would have His wonderful way in His Word this afternoon and strengthen, Lord, this uh, preacher tonight and enable me, Lord, to preach Your Word. And we'll be careful to thank and praise You in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want you to, my thought tonight comes from verse 12, or that after Naaman had uh, had come that far in his journey and, uh, and he was told what to do. And in verse 12, he's standing there looking at Jordan, which is a muddy river. And uh, Jordan, most of the time, was a muddy river. And you can read over in uh, Joshua how that oftentimes, at certain times, it would come plumb out of its banks. And uh, so that's no doubt what he's thinking when he's looking there at that muddy water and he said, Are not for our rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? And may I not wash in them and be clean. He's probably thinking about how can I get clean in a muddy river? Uh, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Well, we know one can. Amen. And uh, so I want to preach to you tonight on this thought, fishing in a muddy river. Fishing in a muddy river. And our thoughts come as I said, from verse 12. And uh, I want you to know that many times in the Bible that men are referred to as fish. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 12, the Bible said, For man also knoweth not his time as the fishes that are taken in an evil net. So he likens a man there to a fish. In Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 14, He said that that the Lord make us men as the fishes of the sea. And uh, so the Bible likens men to fish. And then Jesus come along and he come walking along the banks of the sea. And he saw men fishing there in their boats or men in their nets. Uh, And he said, come and follow me. And he said, if you'll come and follow me, he said, I'll make you a fisher of men. Amen. Amen. Once again, he likens men to fish. And uh, so when we look at that tonight, that's where we get our thought at tonight about Naaman. And where we get our thought about a muddy river. And where we get our thought tonight about somebody fishing. Now the fish tonight is seen in verse 1. Men are often likened unto fish, as I said. And Naaman there in verse 1, the Bible said, Now Naaman was captain of the host of the king of Syria. Talks about Naaman there. And uh, Naaman, Naaman was a fish. And the Bible says that Naaman was a big fish. Because it said he was captain, a great man, an honorable man. He was a big fish. Do you know all sinners are sinners, but some people are bigger sinners than other sinners are? Did you know that? And uh, they're they're notorious, they're known, people know them for the kind of sin that they commit. And uh, Naaman here, the Bible said he was a captain, he was over people. The Bible said that Naaman was a king of Syria. Over the host of the king of Syria. He was a great man with his master. And the Bible said he was honorable. Did you know it don't matter? It don't matter if you're a sinner. It don't matter how much power you got. How much prestige you got. It doesn't matter uh, who knows you. Or who don't know you. You see it don't matter how big you are. You see Paul was a big sinner. Uh, amen. I mean, Paul was a big one. When God caught Paul, he got a big sinner. Amen. Amen. Why Paul himself even says that. He said in verse 12 of 1 Timothy 1, He said, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who hath enabled me that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. He said, who was before a blasphemer, And a persecutor, injurious. Uh, But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Uh, And the grace, don't you like that? And the grace of our Lord Jesus. Uh, I was exceedingly abundant with faith and love that is in Christ Jesus. And listen now, this is a faithful saying uh, worthy of all acceptation uh, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners uh, of whom I am chief. Uh, He didn't say I was chief. Uh, uh, He said I am. He still thought he was. Amen. Uh, Amen. And uh, we look there and we see... uh, how that Naaman is this great big fish in the sea of humanity. Uh, uh, Naaman was a big fish, uh, but Naaman was a bad fish. Look there at the end of verse 1. The Bible says three words there that changes it all. Uh, It don't matter how great he was, how many people he had under him, how honorable he was. Uh, There's three words tacked on the end of verse uh, 1 that changes everything. And the Bible said... uh, He was a leopard, amen. He was a leopard. Now, there's different types of leprosy in the Bible. Uh, You can look in Leviticus 13 study all about uh, leprosy uh, and uh, you're mostly familiar with the kind of leprosy uh, uh, like the man Jesus healed in uh, Matthew 8 uh, and uh, Jesus would come down through there and the leopard said unclean, unclean. Uh, uh, He had a very highly contagious type uh, of leprosy. That's why leprosy makes such a good type of sin uh, uh, because it it's highly contagious, uh, uh, and it always starts somewhere inside and works its way out, uh, and man's problem starts in the heart. Uh, uh, may, you might look at somebody, and it ain't no trouble to find one of them today, uh, and they've got the marks of sin all over them. Uh, uh, they've got the eye rings, the earrings. Uh, I have seen them completely covered with tattoos uh, uh, all the way over them. Uh, and I know that God can save them. Thank God God has saved some of them. Uh, uh, they still have the marks of sin on their body, but God has saved them. Uh, uh, but the problem with that man or the problem with that woman uh, is not what you see on the outside. Uh, uh, the problem is that heart on the inside Uh, uh, that never has been changed. Amen. Uh, And so we have him here uh, and uh, he's a big fish. He's a bad fish uh, uh, but he's a blessed fish. Uh, uh, You say, why is he blessed? Verse 2, the Bible said they brought away captive from the land of Israel a little maid. I'll tell you, anybody that God sends a witness to is a blessed person. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, if God sent somebody to your house and knocked on your door, you're a blessed person. Amen. Amen. I remember years ago, Backslid was out of church. Uh, and some people from Brotherhood uh, uh, they got to coming every uh, Thursday night when they would meet for visitation they got to coming and, and they was trying to get us to go to church because my wife's mother had already started a church down there and no doubt she had give the names of her children to the prayer group uh, and uh, they were praying I didn't know what was going on but after we got right with God and we did just like we done tonight we'd go back in a prayer room uh, and uh, they'd say pray for this and pray for that one uh, uh, well no doubt in my mind there was a night uh, uh, when somebody went in that prayer room and said pray for Rick Prophet." Uh, and his wife, we missed them this week uh, and pray that they'll get back in church. Uh, uh, well, I thought they are harassing me. I wanted to get rid of them. Uh, I lied to them week after week and tell them we was thinking about coming or we might come. Uh, I, I had no intentions of coming. Uh, uh, but you know what? They kept the prayers of coming. Amen. Uh, uh, they kept calling my name back there in that prayer room. Uh, uh, when I was watching Gunsmoke, they was praying for me. Amen man, I'm telling you, prayer works. Uh, But if anybody ever witnessed to you about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are one blessed person. Amen. Uh, uh, There's many people in this town uh, uh, that has never had anybody to knock on their door. Uh, uh, That has never had anybody to give them a gospel track. Uh, uh, That has never had anybody to invite them to church. Uh, uh, The world's full of people like that. Uh, uh, But I'll tell you you're blessed. Uh, And old Naaman was blessed uh, because when he went off fired to war. I... First of all, God let him go to war and the Bible said that he went uh, and he brought back a a captive out of the land of Israel. Uh, He didn't bring back a captive uh, uh, from one of these other places where they had heathen gods. Uh, He didn't bring back a captive where they worshiped Baal uh, or one of them other gods. Uh, uh, But his captive was from the land of Israel. Uh, uh, You know what that meant? That meant they knew the true and the living God. God, Uh, That meant they knew the one God. Uh, Amen. That knew they knew the real way. Amen. Uh, uh, Well, I'll tell you, I've had them them Jehovah's Witnesses come to my house. Uh, uh, A few Mormons come over the years. Uh, uh, But they didn't know the real God. Uh, uh, But I'm glad that the one that came, uh, uh, they knew the real God. The God of the Bible. Amen. Uh, And so I say that Naaman was a blessed fish. Amen. Amen. well, if you got a fish, uh, uh, somewhere in the story there has to be a fisherman. Not in this story. Uh, there's a fisher woman. Did you know that you can look it up in the dictionary? I done done it. I didn't know there's a fisher woman. I thought, Lord, this ain't a fisherman. This is a fisher woman. And of course, in this cancel culture, and in this culture where everybody gets offended, I, I, I shouldn't have been surprised that when I turned over in the uh, new uh, Webster's Dictionary, and I went down through there, it said, a Fisherwoman. And it said a woman that likes to fish. uh, A woman that catches fish. Uh, uh, Well God not only has fisher men. uh, uh, But God has fisher women. Amen. Amen. Uh, We got a few here in the church. uh, uh, That have won somebody to the Lord. Uh, uh, Amen. Uh, uh, They have uh, learned how to do it. Uh, And here was this little old maid. uh, And the Bible said that she is the one that's going to be fishing for this big bad fish. Uh, uh, God's going to use this one little woman uh, uh, Is what God is going to use. Uh, and oh what a perfect witness she makes oh what a perfect example she makes of a witness for the Lord you say why first of all because she's a little amen she ain't been to nobody's Bible college she ain't, she ain't been to nobody's soul winning classes she ain't been to anywhere like that she's just been to Calvary She just been knows God amen and she knew God And the Bible said that she was a little maid. Uh, uh, This speaks to me of her lowliness. I see her about the size of little Mary. Amen. You say, I don't see nothing in there about lowliness. Look at verse 3. And the Bible said in verse 2 that she waited on Naaman's wife. But look at verse 3. She said unto her mistress... You see in Bible days she knew her place. She didn't say anything to Naaman personally but she went to Naaman's wife. That showed her loneliness. Uh, uh, That showed that she knew uh, uh, her position there in that home. Uh, And the Bible says... That she said unto her mistress, Would God, uh, would God, she has a lowliness. in this. And you know, here's the amazing thing, and you've got to have this, you've got to have this. Uh, if you're going to catch any fish for God, big or little, you've got to have this. Uh, I see her love. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a man that has taught her, brought her captive. Here's a man that is made a slave, if you will. Here's a man that she has every reason in the world uh, to hate this man with everything in him. Uh, But this little lady knows the Lord. Uh, uh, She's humble, she's lowly, uh, and she looks at that man uh, uh, that she has every reason to look at him with hatred and vengeance Uh, and every reason to look at him in the Old Testament and pray that God would kill him. Uh, But she looks at him with his leprosy. She looks at him in his sickness. uh, And she looks at him and said, I would God, uh, my master uh, knew the prophet in Israel. Amen. Uh, uh, She had to have a love for him uh, uh, to do that. Amen. Uh, I tell you what, you got to have more than anything else. If you're going to try to witness and win people to the Lord, you got to have a love for lost humanity, Amen. And only God can put that in your heart, Amen. She had a love. She said, "I would, God, my Lord, with the prophet that is in Samaria." Well, if you're going to have a fish, if you're going to catch a fish. You gotta have a love. But you gotta have a line, right? Look at her line. 2 Kings 5 and 3. She said he would recover him of his leprosy. She just throwed her line out. She's talking to his wife, but he's probably sitting over there waiting for them to do something for him. And he hears that little maid... Did you know you don't have to talk to somebody directly? Did you know sometimes you can witness to somebody indirectly? uh, And they still hear it and God still use it. Uh, uh, She said, I I would God my Lord. I don't think she's even looking at him. Uh, uh, She said, I would God my Lord. I think she's probably looking down uh, or looking up at at Naaman's wife. And she said, I would God my Lord. Uh, I knew the prophet... Uh, in Israel he would recover him Uh, and when she said that uh, I think old Naaman I think her bobber went under I think she got a little nibble on that amen I think she got a little nibble on that and old Naaman man listen listen when you got leprosy and I I didn't finish a minute ago but that leprosy that Naaman had evidently I uh, there's different types of leprosy. And there's one type that it's you, even though you got it, it's not contagious like the other type. Uh, and that must have been the type that Naaman had because he was able to lead an army. He was able to be around people. Uh, and so he had leprosy, but it was of a different type. Uh, and the Bible said, she said, I wish you knew the prophet in Israel, he would recover thee. She throwed a line out. You see, if you're going to catch a fish, you've got to put something out there they're interested in. Amen. There's all kinds of baits that you can throw out there. God's give you a, a, a tackle box with 66 compartments in there. When Jesus went down to talk to that woman in John 4, I... You know what line he throwed out? She's a broken woman. She's a woman that's had many marriages and and many affairs, and the Lord said, Go get your husband. He throwed that line out. He knew what to throw out. Uh, you know what You know what Jesus did when he went down to see Nic- Nicodemus you know what line he thought out uh, he said you must be born again uh, uh, he thought out a line he got a nibble amen uh, uh, so uh, he knew she knew the one thing that was one thing that, that he wanted more than anything else uh, uh, the one thing that he thought about 24 uh, 7 uh, the one thing he thought about every time he looked at his arms and his hands and his face in a mirror the one thing he thought about was that leprosy I, and no doubt how many times he had tried this or tried that I, I, but he grew only worse amen, amen. I, I, but she said something that caught his attention she said something uh, that he hadn't heard before I, I, she said something that he had nobody had ever told him to try she said basically you need to try the Lord amen Amen. little woman here doing some fishing. And then there's she throwed out one line. Did you ever go fishing? I used to go with my dad when I was young. And we'd get there and we'd both have a rod and a reel and a line on it. And it wouldn't be, seemed like two minutes and I'd have mine all balled up and tangled up. And Daddy, he'd get aggravated and he'd straighten it out and then I'd get tangled up again. Or then uh, he'd throw his out and I'd get mine straightened out and I'd throw it and it went right across his. And then when I reeled it in, it hung his and brought his in with mine. And he'd get so upset Did you know that men are good at tangling up lines? Uh, Did you know that? Uh, She made it so simple. She said, I wish that you knew uh, the prophet that is in Samaria, he would recover you. That's all she said. Uh, But watch how men get the lines all tangled up. Uh, They get the lines all tangled up. Uh, You say, what would you do? Well, the first thing, she didn't say a word about money. And the Bible said in verse 5, And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten chains of raiment. Uh, here's this man, no doubt he's a wealthy man. And he takes all of this stuff, but she ain't said nothing about money. But you know what? He gets the line all tangled up. And men still today think if they got enough money, they can buy anything. Uh, but there's one thing you can't buy if you had more money than Bill Gates. Uh, uh, there's one thing you cannot buy if you could write a check and would have to add three to it to get all the zeros on it. Uh, uh, there's only one thing you can't buy with money. You can't buy salvation with money. Amen. Uh, uh, God don't care what kind of suits you wear. God don't care about how many changes of clothes you got. Uh, uh, you cannot buy salvation with your treasures. I've had people come into church over the years, maybe a position, maybe power, maybe money, maybe treasures, but lost a leopard. And they somehow or another think that they ought to be treated different because they have power or position. And I've said for the last 30 years that nobody at Bethel Baptist Church is better than anybody else. I said you might have a better job, you might have a bigger bank account, you might drive a nicer car. But when you come through them doors back there uh, and you're not saved, you're just like any other sinner on the way to hell uh, and it'll take the same thing to save you it took to save the drunk or the drug addict or the harlot or the whore. It'll take the same thing to save you it took to save them. Amen. What do they say? The ground is always level. At Calvary, he brought treasures Look in verse 6. It said, And he brought the letter to the king of Israel. He went to the wrong man. You not only crossed her line with a with a line about raiment and treasures and all of that, uh, but he comes right along and casts another line over the top of that line uh, and gets everything all tangled up. Uh, uh, and he goes to the wrong man. She didn't say nothing about going to the man he went to. Uh, uh, she said, "I wish my Lord knew the prophet uh, uh, that was in Israel." Amen. Uh, I think too many people have went to the wrong man. Uh, I think they went to the preacher and they shook his hand. Uh, Oh, they went to the deacon. Oh, they went into the baptistry. And I think too many people have went to the wrong person. Amen. Uh, I'll tell you, there's only one person you can go to uh, and get saved. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ, the darling Son of God, uh, uh, the Lamb of God. Amen. Uh, Only one died for you. Only one can forgive you. Amen. Uh, Only one rose from the dead for you. Only one. I, I can raise you from the dead. Amen. I, I tell you, listen, I, boy, she's got a mess here. She got the lines all tangled up. I'm talking about fishing in a muddy stream, a muddy river. But you'd think that'd be enough. But the king's got more sense than he does. And Elijah hears what's going on there. And uh, when Elisha, verse eight, the man of God, when he heard that the king of Israel rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, "Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me; he shall know there's a prophet in Israel." So Naaman he loads up all his suits, and he loads up all his pieces of gold, and he loads up all his talents of silver. And he hooks him up to that big chariot because he's a captain. He's got a he's got fine horses. He's got a big chariot, and he grabs the reins and he rolls him on down the road a little bit. Uh, and he gets down there to where the prophet lives, uh, and he pulls up there to where the prophet is. Uh, And Naaman came with his horses, look at verse 9, with his chariot, and he stood at the door of the house of Elijah. In other words, he's saying, I'm somebody. Uh, uh, do you know who's standing on your doorstep? Uh, do you see what's sitting in your driveway? Uh, he says, I'm somebody. I'm a big shot. You're a big sinner's what you are. Uh, uh, you're a big leopard's what you are. Uh, and when a man ever sees himself for what he is, uh, he might be able to get some help, amen. And so Naaman, he got mad about it. Verse 11, but Naaman was wrought. He went away. I ain't come back to this church no more. Do they know who I am? Do they know I'm the mayor? Do Do they know I know the governor? Do they know I've got connections? Why they didn't even call on me to lead in prayer today? Why they didn't even point me out? That the mayor's here, or the governor's here, or somebody's here, and the Bible said he got angry, amen. Mister, we don't care if you're here, we just care if Jesus is here. We're glad you're here, we're glad you're here, uh, but the one we're looking for is Jesus, amen. I wasn't just born yesterday, and I didn't come into town on a pumpkin wagon last night. I've been in some big churches. I've been in some, some large crowds of people. Uh, a thousand people. I've been in, in a crowd of a thousand people. But you know the coldest, the deadest place that I ever get when I go to preach I, is a church full of dignitaries that think they're somebody. And you know the best places I ever go is just some old people that ain't got nothing. Except the Lord, Amen. and I know. I'm going to say this: I know there's some dignitaries, and I know there's some rich people that yeah. love the Lord, yeah. and I'm glad there is. Amen. Amen. You know what Jesus said about that little about that about that Naaman? He said over there in Luke, he said, "What wasn't there many leopards there in, in Israel? But God only helped Naaman. That's right. You know why?" Naaman's the only one who had a little maid. God would have helped the rest of them if they'd had a little maid, if they'd had somebody fishing for them. How many people's in hell tonight because they didn't have nobody fishing for them? Amen. The Bible said, the Bible said he thought the wrong thought. Look there in Verse 11. Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hands over the place and recover me of my leprosy. You know what he's done? He's done got it fixed in his mind how it's going to be. You know why some people can't get saved? They've got it fixed in their mind how it's going to be. I thought it was going to be this way. I thought this was what was going to happen. I was told this was what was going to happen. I was told this is what happened to somebody else. I, I thought it would be this way. Surely I thought he would come out. Make a big deal about it. I thought it'd be a big thing. He'd strike his hands together and there'd be lightning flash and there'd be a great big thing. He's got these lines so tangled up. He's got these lines so knotted. Who could in the world could ever straighten them out? A servant. Did you know the Holy Spirit is a servant? Did you know that he can straighten out a lot of tangled up lines? Did you know he don't tangle them up, but he can sure untangle them? Amen. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, I believe, moved upon this, this, this little old servant after in verse 12... Old Naaman's standing out there. He's already mad. He's fixing to leave. He's fixing to go back the same way he came because things didn't go the way he thought. It's going to go. How many people has went back home the same way they came because they thought it was going to be a certain way? Hey, I hate to bust your bubble, but you're not in charge. God is. You don't tell God how to save you. God tells you how to get saved. Yeah, that's right. And you're not able to select, a, select, I want this kind, this kind, or this kind, or this kind. You'll take what God gives you. Amen. Amen. Or you won't have anything. Amen. Right, right. The Bible said, the Bible said, he's looking at that muddy river flowing down through there. He's a big fish in a muddy river. He said, Why, there's Abner, there's Fanar, they're clean streams, they're crystal clear streams. And he wants me to get into this muddy Jordan. And his servant said, Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir, I'm, I'm careful to speak, sir. I know I'm just a servant. You're the master. But sir, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? You see, people had rather do some great thing. You know why? Because like Brother Ziegler used to say, they just got to get their finger in the pie somewhere. They just got to be able to say, I did this, I did that, I did this. You didn't do anything. He died on Calvary and gave you a chance to come and be saved by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. It's all of Him. Amen. I don't care how many tears you cried. I don't care how long it took you. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you saw angels. I don't care if you shouted. I don't care if you run around the church. I don't care if you got up in the pews. I, I'll tell you the only thing that matters is what he did. Hallelujah! Glory! What he did. He said, Master, if he'd bid you do some great thing, wouldn't have done it. Yes, he would. You know what Jehovah's Witnesses do to get saved? They say you gotta be willing to go out so many hours a week knocking on doors. You gotta do something like that. You know what the Mormons say? You gotta do this. You can't drink no coffee. You. Can't drink no tea. Uh, you can't do you can't do certain things. Uh, uh, that's what one told me one time. I, he said, "What do you think you got to do to be saved?" I said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ." Uh, and I said, "What do you say you got to do to be saved?" Uh, he said, "You got you got to repent. You got to believe. You got to be baptized on the right person in the right place. Uh, you got to keep the word of wisdom." I said, "What's that?" He said, "No coffee, no tea." I, I said, "I'm going straight to hell. I drink a whole." pot of coffee every morning amen. <laughs> amen, amen you see but they'll do it they'll do it somebody said to Jehovah's Witnesses boy they can really get them to go out and us Baptists have a trouble getting five to go out I said you know why they're not going out because they love God they're going out because they think if they don't they'll go to hell you know why the Mormons don't drink coffee and tea don't tell me they don't like it I mean who wouldn't like coffee if you don't like coffee you ain't even saved tonight Who wouldn't like a good ice-cold glass of tea, amen. amen? Who wouldn't like that? They don't not do it because they don't like it. They do it because they think they'll go to hell if they, if they do do it, amen. amen? That's why they do it. You know why it's so hard to get a Baptist to do anything? Because we know we're saved by the grace of God. And we know we ought to, but we know if we don't, we ain't going to hell. So I said, Brother Rick, won't you start doing it the other way? It wouldn't be right. Don't think I ain't thought about it. But it wouldn't be right. It'd be a lie, amen. It wouldn't be telling the truth. we was saved by the grace of God, I decided a long time ago, I'm not going to pastor a church and preach grace. I'm not going to preach grace and pastor the church by law. You can't make nobody do anything very long if they don't want to do it. Right. Amen. That's right. Amen. So the fishing lines are all tangled up, and the servant goes and he says, "Master, Master, wouldn't if he had just asked you to do some little thing, wouldn't you have done that, Master?" And now he's left with one little line she throwed in the water. Would you knew? Would you knew the prophet that was in Samaria? Now he knows him. And the Bible says that little maid that's fishing for a big fish in a muddy river, she's fixing to land it. She's fixing to bring it in. And you know how she brought it in? With the help of a simple servant, that just wants to be in the background. You know one thing about fishers, fishermen. You know one thing: if you're fishing and it's and it's clear, and you can see the fish. Every fish like that, where it's clear, you can see them. You know the only way to catch them is you got to get out of sight. You got to keep yourself out of sight, and throw that bait in there. But get out of sight. You know why some of us never catch fish? We want to be in sight. We want everybody to see us. We want everybody to know we did it. We caught them. No, the Lord caught them. Uh, oh, uh, Lori Reese Lori Reese she used to come with her son a little biracial boy she used to bring him and uh, one day he stopped by the door back there after service and he said brother Rick and I said what is it son he said would you take me fishing he said I don't have no daddy and he said my mama she don't know how to fish he said, will you take me fishing." I said, "I sure will." And a month or so later, I went there and picked him up. We all drove down to this big Amish lake down there, a pond that Bill Gillock got me tied into. And you just, there's just hardly no way to not to catch a fish there. And that's why I took him there, full of catfish. And uh, so I've brought bait for catfish. We got down there and I said, now you need to put this on your hook. And he said, no. I said, I'm going to fish for bass. (laughs) I said, I don't think there's any bass in there. I'm going to fish for bass. He's never caught a fish. And so he's fishing for bass and I'm dragging catfish in one after the other. But I was determined for that boy to catch a fish. And so finally I... I caught a catfish and I said, come here, put your pole down, come here. And he come over there and I said, now he's on there, you reel him in. And he reeled him in. I seen him the other day, I was up at McDonald's and I was back before they closed it up, I was up there and I was going down I heard somebody say, hey brother Rick, hey brother Rick. And I'm looking around trying to see who it is and here comes this grown up Biracial boy running down through there and hugging me. <laughs> you, know, you know what it was? You see, I called it, but I let him reel it in. Amen. Do you know what it is? God catches somebody, lets us reel them in. <laughs> Amen. 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 Simple servant just wanted to stay out of sight. You see, you can't you can't fish. You can't fish if everybody wants the credit. You fish, and you catch them together. Simple servant. Look here. How'd she land that fish? Simple servant. Simple faith. Look what it said there in verse fourteen. After that servant's talked to him. I love those first four words. And then went he down. Then went he down. He stepped out of that big old tall chariot. He got down off his high horse. And he got down lowly. And he said, that man said, go dip in muddy... Jordan, muddy river, go dipping it seven times, and I am just going to do what he said do. Simple faith. You know how you get saved? Simple faith. You just do what he said do. Simple. Paul, Paul said, "Be careful lest Satan draws you away from the simplicity there is in Christ." Simple faith. It said. Then he went down. He went down there, and he dipped himself seven times. He must have went like this. He dipped himself seven times. The preacher didn't even go down with him. And just in case, somebody that says. Baptism saves you. You could better go back and get six more. Because he went down seven times. Amen. The Bible said, listen, it wouldn't have mattered if the Lord said a half time or 20 times or a hundred times. You know what mattered? Is that he done what God said do. Amen. That's what mattered. That's right. Why, his mother told us that when he was a boy. His mother said, whatever he says unto you, do it! Do it! Simple servant. Simple faith. Simply healed. And the Bible said, verse 14, the end of it, I love it. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh Of a little child and he was clean. Simply clean. Amen. Don't you know the Lord knows that we're a bunch of dummies? Don't you know the Lord knows that that he can't leave it to us to work it out? We get the lines all tangled up. We can't work it out. We make it worse. So the Lord said, I'll send the Holy Spirit down there and He'll get the lines untangled. And He said, I'll tell you simply what you need to do. You need to simply come and say, Lord, you said I was a sinner. I believe that. Lord, you said if, if I died that way, Lord, I was going to hell. I believe that. Lord, you said if I would come and say I'm sorry for my sins. Lord, I don't even know them all. There's so many. But Lord, you said if I'd come and say I'm sorry for my sins, that I believe on you, Lord. You said you'd save me. Simple. How much simpler can you get to walk down into the water, dip yourself seven times clean. I don't know what you're trusting, but I'm trusting the simple plan of God's salvation. That's what I'm trusting. Father, thank you tonight, Lord.